Hey, one quick thing before we get started. I just want to remind you that this podcast is for information, education, and entertainment. It is not a substitute for therapy or therapeutic intervention. If you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or contact a crisis hotline. everyone, it's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you're listening to the Labors of Love podcast. Listen, you are in for a dope conversation today. My guests today, they are a community builder, doula, coach, facilitator, pollinator, one of the co-founders of Retreat and Reimagine. They are a human and earthling and pure stardust. I have with me today, Krista Robinson. Hey, Krista. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hi, Shonda. So, um, like, I am so excited about this because who knows where it's going to go. But I know wherever it ends up, it is going to be so good. So I'm going to (laughs) start like I do with all my guests and ask, what is your labor of love? Mm, And I've been thinking about this, too. Um, The first thing that comes to mind is care. I, in the last year or so, I've learned that like doing care care work is what really makes me feel good. That's what makes me like, it's, it's my way of giving to others, but it also gives to myself. So I would say care. And I love that because I I know you (laughs) help us understand what you mean by care work. What, what qualifies as care work? Yeah, I love that question. Care work for me is holding people in the place that they are and like kind of like being um, a cradle of sorts or creating a container within myself or within a space in which a person feels held and feels that they have resources within themselves and if they don't have those resources within themselves we can find them we can find the resources that you need to get your your needs met um care work for me is a space where we can kind of um acknowledge feelings that get in the way of being cared for like shame um and kind of acknowledge them and then clear them from the space so that we can make room for trust and connection Mm -hmm. So where is this rooted for you slash how did, how did you come to know it? And I asked the question that way because, um, well, I feel like this would be a good moment for transparency and how we are connected. <laughs> so I, I have only alluded to for a while the coaching program that I was going through until I did an episode with Sada and Damon, where we talked very exclusive, very specifically about coaching for healing, justice, and liberation. And y'all are going to get to meet so many dope people from my cohort, my siblings. Um, But that is where Krista and I are connected. So I am going to be mindful as the host that I feel like we can get into some language and vibing and some people be like, um, I, I don't know what the hell y'all talking about. And I'll be like, you right, you right. Let's bring it back. Right. So I'm going to make an attempt to be um, pretty for us to start playing and then go into the astral atmosphere where we go. Right. Cause I don't think Krista and I spend a lot of time on earth. (laughs) Krista and I when we hang out we're not hanging out on earth we we be in some other plane but I feel like um, we are earthlings and it would be nice to at least start here and invite you maybe to soar with us at some point and I'm asking the question that way because through the program I will continue to say the one of the was every all of it impactful but the most impactful was when I got clear on my essence, my blessing, my mission, and my message. And one of the things about truly coming to understand my essence is that it's been there my entire life. Yeah. 
So when I say, where is this rooted for you, which is how I normally ask that question, I now have an awareness that whether you recognize the root or not, it was there. I'm wondering maybe when you first came in contact with it and how coming in contact with this, this understanding that care work was your yeah. labor of work, labor of love, how that's impacted you. Yeah. And I appreciate that context you put around it. Cause I think that even kind of adds a little nuance to my answer. I think, um, I've always been a caretaker, but I think in the beginning it felt, if I'm being honest, it felt more like a trauma response. Um, it felt like fawning, you know, like, um, we had, uh, uh Taylor Shanae in our, in our, one of the speakers in our program, one of our guest teachers, um, talking about fawning is, uh, the survival mechanisms we enact when we can't escape, right? Um, the taking care and the, you know, you can't harm me if you like me, that kind of thing, right? And so I think that's where it comes from originally, but recently, um, over the years, I've asked myself the question, like, is it a chicken or the egg, a, a chicken or the egg thing, right? Is it that I did this because it's innately me, and that was the the tactic of survival that made the most sense for me, or was it something that I learned in order to survive? Um, and I think with, especially with you saying the piece about the blessing, I've realized that it was innately in me. It was innately in me from the beginning. And so that was the skill set that I moved from and the gifts that I moved from um, in order to take care of myself when I didn't have other tools. I think as of recently, where it really clicked in the place for me with, with um, my initiative, uh, Retreat and Reimagine. Um, uh, it's an initiative where we gift uh, time for rest to community leaders, Black um, women, Black uh, non-binary people and queer people. Uh, we gift them an experience of rest um, in order to get back into movement, more rejuvenated and all of that. And so in that space, I realized, oh, I really love this. I really love taking care of people. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that so much because as you were talking, what it brought up for me was, so I, this past weekend was in Miami, got in the water and, uh, who like, yeah. So I met another of my spirit guides, Gigi, Gigi. Is it disrespectful to call a spirit guide a mess? Gigi a mess. <laughs> she look, she, <laughs> She told me at one point, when I say she said so much to me over the last few days, it's 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 overwhelming, but I know I have the capacity to to metabolize it. But one of the things that she told me was, oh, honey, I'm not where your seat of compassion is. Okay. That's somebody else. She mm -hmm. said, I'm the seat of your fire. We love clarity. And I was like, okay. And when you were talking chicken or egg kind of thing, she revealed to me um, in a very powerful way. I'm, I was at a birthday weekend, right? And there were probably at different points up to about 20 of us who were would be gathered in one place throughout the weekend. And when we were on the beach the first time, so that would have been Friday for me, mm -hmm. there were probably, let's say 12 12 to 13 women identified folk who were there mm -hmm. and every single person except me was wearing a black swimming suit. Mm -hmm. This was not coordinated. It was not planned, but I look and I'm like, one of them jokes, like I didn't get the memo kind of thing. Right. But when I got into the water, one of the things that Gigi told me is, she said, I had mastered my one of my spiritual gifts very early in life. But because no one taught me how to use it, I didn't use it effectively. And I'm like, well, what is it? She said, you're shape-shifting. Because I will always say I'm a shape-shifting people pleaser and recovering. She said, ain't nothing to recover from. Mm. She said, 
you were given that gift and you learned to master it. She said, the problem is it was intended to help you shift away Mm. from the status quo, not into it. And I thought about how often, even in that moment, I'm 41 years old. And there was a part of me like, I got a black bath. I didn't even bring my black bathing suit, by the way. Right. But it's just this moment of like, our nervous system as humans, right? We are connection. Like to be set apart can feel in our nervous system dysregulating. You know, that part of us that needs to be connected in order to survive. And so there was a part of me that was welling up, like how, because as more people kept coming, I'm like, for real, like, <laughs> like, what? and, and, and I noticed how that was sitting, but then to, to hear like, this isn't a bad thing, right? Like your, your attempt to conform and assimilate throughout your whole life. I get it. But now it's time. Yeah. <laughs> it's time out for that. We what reclaim the gift that you have been given mm-hmm. and use it the way it was intended for you to use. And you won't mm-hmm. feel like you need to be in recovery. You will feel empowered and you will feel strong and you will recognize that it serves a purpose. And so as I sat with that, there was a part of me, and it's it was this interesting thing, right? Because I'm not even thinking the thought yet I think like I'm just feeling it in my body and in my heart and she responds to that because then I have a question like man I I it's not this mm, hyper independent this thing it wasn't sitting when she said that ain't what it's about Mm. she said it's it's shape-shifting a way to show people the possibilities Mm. people are doing all this over here because that's what they've been conditioned to do when you stand out when you move into this place, it isn't because you need to be an individual. It's you need to be the light that shines so that people can go, there's another way. There's another option. And so when you were talking about, yeah, this is a way I've survived, but also it was inherent in me. Yeah. Um, I, I resonate with that so, so, so deeply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how is care showing up for you, care work, showing up for you in your life right now? Um, right now, it's, you know, I'm I'm building out my coaching business and my doula business, but honestly, I see it a lot in the way that I'm learning to take care of myself. Um, I have gone through a lot of transitions in the last year, and one of my big goals for the year is Um, always holding the question, like, what happens when you put your energy back into yourself? So, like, I've really been thinking a lot about that and trying to be really cognizant of where my energy is going. And I found that because of old patterns and things that lean towards codependence, I was chasing after people that did not have the space, chasing people, opportunities, all these kind of things that did not have the space to generate the energy that I was putting into it. Mm. And so I was like, that, that is not the goal for the year, friend. Like <laughs> the goal for the year is any, if you have spaces where it is generative and you put energy in and it comes back to you in some form, great. But if you see the energy is not coming back, that's, that's more energy you get to put into yourself. And that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. And so I've really been um, kind of experimenting with all this, what feels like extra energy. What does it mean to put that into myself and care for myself? Um, the way that sometimes I was hoping other people cared for me and, you know, and it's, it's been challenging, but it's been good. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, I really resonate and appreciate that too. I used to believe that you teach people how to treat you by how you treat them. Mm-hmm. And so I spent <laughs> countless uh, <laughs> percentage of my life uh, ex- using my time, my energy, and my resources on others as almost a way to say, here is what I would like. So let me do that for you. Let me show you how I want to be treated. Let me do all these things. And it wasn't until I realized that 
I teach people how to treat me by how I treat myself. That's it. Uh, that's a whole different shift. And <laughs> it takes some getting used to, especially when you have been used to doing it the other way. Um, when you were talking about that, it also reminded me again, I think GG lessons is going to be coming for a while. So y'all gonna have <laughs> to just get used to it because this be coming with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, my flight got delayed twice. So I was supposed to leave at 730. I didn't end up leaving until I don't know, whatever time it was after 11. I didn't get home till three. And in the midst of this, like I was doing some scrolling online and I saw this exchange between some people and I didn't really form an opinion about it I it was intriguing I, you know I was looking at it and so then like I whatever as I was driving home it's like two something in the morning and I started thinking about this again not because I want to engage in this exchange or that I even have an opinion about it and Gigi says stop overthinking and I was like Oh, I didn't realize I I didn't realize I had reached whatever time capacity. You know, I was thinking I didn't feel like I had been thinking about it that much for her Mm -hmm. to to call it overthinking. And that's Mm -hmm. when she said overthinking is not excessive thinking about one particular thing or things. It's -hmm. thinking about things that ain't none of your business. Well, and I said, well, damn. Okay, so (laughs) by that definition. I overthink a lot. And when I start realizing how much energy I put into stuff that ain't got nothing to do with me, business is not for no purpose. I can't go. Well, the benefit of that is no, there is no benefit. Mm -hmm. What could I have done with that time, with that energy? And if I had it placed it somewhere else, myself where it is my business and and so like I took it at first you know as they're talking about I'm 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 sleepy okay but even when I wake up there's like there it is how much now that the awareness is brought I'm like I spend a lot of time thinking Mm -hmm. about things that just have nothing to do with me that are not my business are not are not benefiting or hurting me or just stuff. And right. that's one of those moments where I'm like, ooh, when when I finally get a handle on this, what abundant time and energy I am going to have mm-hmm. when I reclaim all the stuff I'm putting out for absolutely no reason. And so I, I thought about that as you were sharing, putting it back into yourself. Can can you share with us what what some of that looks like when you do take that energy and you say, mm, how can I put this back into me? What does that look like, sound like, feel like? Yeah, I think that like, I really appreciated what you shared about, you know, thinking about things that ain't none of your business. Like the things that come up that I end up thinking about and give energy towards, I create stories. Oh, I can create a story. (laughs) I can create a novel. And that's the thing. I actually have novels within me. You know what I mean? I have stories within me that want to be shared. You know what I mean? So what what happens if if I take that energy where I'm creating a story that's actually depleting my energy, right? Versus putting it into a creative space, again, where it can be generative, right? Um, getting clear on what my commitments are and where I want my energy to go and getting clear about what I want my day to feel like from day to day to day and what I want to feel like at the end of a week, at the end of a month, right? It looks like, you know, you spent this time uh, stalking somebody's Instagram. You could have been, you know, your knee been hurting. You could have been stretching out that knee, you know what I mean? Like you could have been at your altar. You could have been, you could have, even if you were consciously doing nothing and enjoying it, that is a better use of energy versus something that actually once you get done doing it, it doesn't even make you feel good to do mm-hmm. it. You know? Yeah, that's real. <clears throat> that makes I feel like um 
I don't want to say easy, but simple. That felt like a simple invitation for inquiry and observation. Can we get so connected to ourselves, our bodies, and our daily routines that we notice what's taking energy from us and making us feel not so good? I think sometimes we engage in the world so disconnected that Mm -hmm. we feel the symptoms and then we reach for the most convenient narrative around why it why it happened. Like, oh, my stomach feeling like this. Well, I did just eat that. It's not what you ingested through food. It's what you was ingesting through your eyes and through your ears while you were eating that food. But now the convenient narrative is, oh, now I got to stop eating this kind of food. I have this kind of sensitivity. Maybe you have a negativity sensitivity. Mm-hmm. So when you scrolling through and all the negativity that you coming through is getting inside of you, it ain't gluten necessarily. <laughs> maybe it's that negativity you know so I I appreciate that so very much in the ways that we can just take stock and what are we actually doing I would love to know what some of these novels are that inside (laughs) like what what kind of genres we talking about (laughs) Honestly, we could be here for days. Um, there's this one, I don't know if you know this about me. I actually moved to LA to be a screenwriter. <laughs> no, <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, I was teaching in San Antonio, Texas before then, and I moved here. And I, I still, there's, like I said, there's some scripts within me, but I think that was just the thing that needed to pull me to LA. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That was, that was spirit kind of dangling the carrot and saying look <laughs> um but I have this story that is like sitting within me of this family that has these kind of scattered spiritual practices I think a lot of um people of the diaspora of the multiple diasporas not just black um happy black history month by the way mm-hmm. um <laughs> But of the multiple diasporas, we know that experience of having to remember our practices. And so it's a it's a story of a family of women um, remembering their practices as, as they work through uh, the grief that they feel from the death of a central figure within their family. And that's the one that probably visits me every day. <laughs> every day (laughs) yeah wow did not know that (laughs) that would have got me on two truths and a lie like (laughs) uh -uh. um so thank you for sharing that sounds so I would read that book and to those who have been listening they be like she lying she don't read books let me tell y'all a story I finished a book this weekend cover to cover and (laughs) that's important because I talk about how challenging reading is for me because mm-hmm. it's like that shot a hundred proof liquor. It's like, whoo, whoo, that hit. Let me take a minute. But what I also, mm-hmm. people have told me this and what I really do believe is true is I need more fiction in my life. Like Ooh. I can't always be reading all the things, right? And so when I was getting ready to go on this trip, I went and I got rest this resistance and I got um, emergent strategy. And I was looking like, girl, you ain't about to be on the beach reading these books. Like I I know you, right? Yeah. So I had a book that a friend gave me a two about two years ago. She knows the author. I start following the author on social media. I've had this book on my shelf, never picked it up, picked it up. And it was, first of all, it was just the right time. <laughs> for the book but it's called the um the goddess twins by yadessa Wil- williams <laughs> that thing <laughs> touched me in so many ways i was intrigued it's about two um twins who happen to live in cincinnati ohio where i live right so that's why my friend gave me the book i have twins who live in cincinnati ohio yeah. as they are days away from their 18th birthday they come in contact with their history that they did not know. You know, their mother is taken away and in their attempts to rescue her, they find out that they're goddesses. Wow. And that they have these abilities that they weren't told about. So they haven't learned to hone them. And it was so good. So I'm talking like, I'm talking a weekend of partying, like 
just party and I'm like cool but I'm gonna need to go read me a few pages I'll be back like this book was calling me so one it let me know that if I can find the right book I can really get into it too it has really piqued my interest in black science fiction and Mm. I know that genre can be wide open but help me see my goddess help me see my like Right. that that's what I'm drawn to and so when I hear your book I'm like oh yeah what are these scattered practices and <laughs> let me get in with that and it's also let me know that um I mean I've known I have books inside of me as well mm-hmm. and I have no reasonable I can't give you like an excuse <laughs> so I won't try they just they haven't come out right but there is this renewed sense of like what is it called? It's like historical fiction. Mm. That's a thing, right? Like I, I, am, <laughs> I I have started writing a book based on my grandmother's story. Mm. Which I have very little details, but the details feel so clear to me. Yeah. Like, so um I'm allowing spirit to help me write that book. But I now when I thought Noni that I met in the water of Jamaica was this once in a lifetime experience, but now I realize Oh, it's a bunch of y'all. Like, I think that's going to be something because the personalities and the way they are showing up in my life and steering me, I was like, people need to read about this. So I too feel like, what would it be like if (laughs) I stopped thinking and putting energy and all this other stuff here, I resonate with the stories and actually focus on the stories that are in me. That's, that's a deep question that I think you and I should hold each other lovingly accountable for take that let's 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 absolutely do that Mm -hmm. so I want to take a moment you briefly described your retreat retreat and (laughs) reimagine but it is so awesome and so amazing I would love for you to please tell my listeners more about the co-founders about what y'all are trying to do how it's been going so that as more of these things happen people can be like oh wait a minute I heard about this thing you should do this or I want to support that so tell us more yeah I love retreat that's that's my baby um I am a co-founder alongside um Ashley Thomas who is also in the coaching program with us we actually started it with two other folks um who have kind of stepped to the background a bit since then um but it was it was you know, born out of the first year of the pandemic, you know, uh, we we were going through this world shifting, life altering event um, where we had to be at home and we had to be isolated. And, you know, it was a really scary time for a lot of people. And, and it was also a time where people were finding like, oh, wow, my days have slowed down, you know, my, my life has slowed down. I'm, I'm spending more time on things that I forgot really mattered to me. Um, and then the uprisings happened. And for a lot of black folks, a lot of black queer folks, a lot of black women, that rest was interrupted to fight for our lives. You know, like I described it to someone like, even when everyone is dying, how are black people still dying more? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm gonna just pause you there because even you saying that was like, damn, you right. Like (laughs) the opportunity for rest presented itself. It it was almost like (laughs) the whole world got put on timeout. Right. That's the way I've been to like go to your room <laughs> and and think about what you've done. Just right. you know, and even in that, when we think about who they considered essential workers, mm-hmm. right? There was no rest, right? And then, like you said, rest had to take a back seat to fighting for our lives. So I I just appreciate how your acknowledgement of that hit my body in a way of knowing like, ooh, I never strung those words together. Yeah. And that 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 rang true to my body. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Okay, please continue. Yeah, of course. Thank you. So um, 
my roommate at the time and I were like really wrestling with these questions of like, what do we do with this? What do we do? What happens when black women and black queer people, which, you know, throughout decades have led these movements to fight for our lives, what happens when they get rest? What does that do for our communities? What does that do for them? What does that do for their lives, for our collective future? And so we organized a retreat. Um, there's a Big Bear Retreat Center um, on the Yahavi, um, the Yahaviat land, um, land of the Yahaviatan people. We, they, we were gifted space in order to hold this retreat for 13 black women and queer folk uh, to go up and do nothing. <laughs> and it was transformational. Mm. So <laughs> that is a go do nothing. I want to <laughs> know how many people are going to listen and that just like, right? That that feels so counter to our culture. Yeah. Right. But I am working on mastering the art of doing nothing. Let me tell you, I am, I want to be known as a guru on that. <laughs> right. But when you say it was transformational, can you tell us a little more of like what emerged? How long was the retreat? And the retreat was over Labor Day weekend. Okay. And how did people leave differently than they came? Yeah. So, of course, this is happening still through, like, the first year of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Shonda, I know you know this. Um, when you're building a container for folks, like, the container is building before they ever step into the space. Like, how do we get 13 strangers to show up and trust that we will keep them safe in this space, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we had, to, we, like, paid for testing for them to come up there. We paid for, paid for PPE and all that. But also part of our programming was if it feels better for you to stay in your cabin the entire time and stay isolated the entire time, you can do that. We created a workbook to where they could follow along with all the programming that we had, you know, throughout the entire time and, and still feel safe. But what was really interesting was that the folks that decided to self-isolate did not do so because of COVID. They felt safe in regards to COVID. They did so because they were sleeping. Yes. <laughs> they were sleeping. And we we hadn't thought about that. We hadn't thought that people would just go up there and fall into their bed and find so much sleep. And we found that in that first year, we found that rest is a portal. Rest is a portal for your grief. Rest is a portal for creation. Rest is a portal for change. Rest is a portal that allows us to create the world that we're trying to create. Um, Adrian Marie Brown talks about how rest helps us to know what it feels like to be satisfied. And so a lot of times we're agreeing to things within our movements that we're doing so because of the momentum, because we just got to get this done. And then we realize on the opposite end, this is not what we wanted. This is not what we need. Mm -hmm. But we did not have the space to tune into our bodies and tune into ourselves to determine whether or not we're satisfied with the way things are <laughs> right now. So I think what came up for folks when they left is just like, I need more space. I need more time. I, 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 a lot of people learned in that first year, some of my homework is to learn how to say no mm -hmm. in order to create that space in that time. Ooh, listen, I'm a sleeper. <laughs> um, <laughs> naps are delicious and I savor them. Um, so hearing that rest rest being a portal that felt so important to hear to be reminded of um enter more of gg wisdom <laughs> so i'm in this water um and this was the day when it was not very choppy the waters were pretty calm 
my first day in the water and I don't even, re- I'm just, I'm out, I'm by myself. And they have these like buoys, these big balls. And unlike, I hadn't seen this like this before, but like usually they have the floating buoys that like rope off where your limits are. There were no ropes, but there were just two buoys set like in a line, but far away from each other that kind of let you know, like, hey, here here is a warning. And the next one is like, don't go past here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I went out to the furthest point and I was just in the water, just communing. And Gigi began to talk to me about how we are born with the understanding that our needs deserve to be met. We are born with the innate, inherent understanding that we get to boldly proclaim what we need and have the expectation that it will be met. Babies don't come out going, I wonder if this is going to inconvenience my caregiver. Oh, darn. I think it's like 2 a.m. and they're sleepy. Let's wait. You haven't been around a baby. You know that the inherent expectation is that I will boldly declare and it will be met. She began to tell me that from the very moment a caregiver or parent begins to shush their baby, they begin to chip away at that inherent knowing and understanding. Then we get culturalized around manners and and all these different things where we then begin to question not only does this need deserve to be met but it goes as far as we start to question is this a need then we start framing our needs based on other people's responses and reactions not to what we actually need so she right. said this inherent understanding is broken so early in our lives that we then live out the rest of our lives not understanding that we deserve to have our needs met and we deserve to boldly declare what we need now again as I'm like hearing this and I'm like dang that's deep but I still feel this sense right because in some ways this this is the paradox that always gets me how I can be socialized in one of the most self-centered individualistic cultures I feel like to ever exist but most people probably, you know whatever and right. at the same time still always be concerned about but I shouldn't make it about me like I I don't even I try to rationally wrap my mind around how I can hold <laughs> both of those two very strong things simultaneously and it's crazy yeah. but she also went on to say mm, again This is not about you are better than, no, we all deserve, which means when we are in relationship with folks and they declare a need, when we Mm. are capable, we meet that need. Why? Because they deserve to have that need met, but we also deserve to declare a need and have it met. And I started to think about what community could look like. And then I went, oh, I've experienced this a little bit though. (laughs) wait a minute I experienced with about 38 to 40 people that I could declare a need and then someone would step in to meet that need and there was never a shame to declare that and I'm like so I have participated in this kind of exchange how do I grow that exchange right so rest is a need but we have been so culturalized around the grind the the this always for someone else and it was I was so grateful that she gave me that nugget because then what happened is like I said at any given time there's 15 to 20 of us all you know hanging out and at one point the group was gonna go somewhere in Miami um to do something (laughs) and I'm like you know I think I'm gonna stay here And it was like, cool, like, yeah, do whatever you need to do. And so while everyone was gone, except for me and one other person, we were in two different parts of the house. I had my Audacity and Abundance playlist going. I was reading my book. And next thing you know, 
Like I was knocked out. Oh, good, 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 good sleep. I start to slowly wake up, you know, and then the other person who was in the house with me, um, we talked for a second and she was like, this music. Mm. She said it helped me. She She's pregnant. Oh. So she was resting and she was like, it just, she said, it felt like the music just went inside my body and like caused everything to just rest so well. And so mm-hmm. what my point is in that is one, I recognize I get to boldly declare what I need and want. And I, I don't want to go look at murals. <laughs> I just don't. I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to rest. So when I declared what I needed, and I was met in that, someone else benefited. Right. So it's not selfish. We have been so conditioned that, you know, in some ways, you know, you can't take care of yourself. That's selfish. When we realize that when we are in the path of true surrender to purpose, to essence, to self, to to our, our higher powers, our purpose, all that stuff. Yeah. Doing for ourselves means doing for the community. That's it. So it's not Shonda needs rest for the sake of Shonda. Shonda needs rest for the sake of the community she's engaging in That's so it. that she can continue to show up as she is and, and, and it's permission giving as mm. other people continue to do the same. So yes, folks <laughs> got to come. <laughs> and and I, I think that's funny because, you know, a lot of people are so sleep deprived and they don't even know it. Mm. just um literally we operate off of what we operate off of so we go well typically I get you know four to four to six hours of sleep and it you know that's all I need and I'm like no that's all you give yourself (laughs) that's it okay because if I tried to operate too long on four to six my body's like excuse me we need what do you think (laughs) um, we clearly need eight to ten and you are Mm. aware of that um, so I've built my business around that. Like right. I still need to go to bed at a reasonable time to get that. But when I say my day don't start till 10, it don't start till 10. Right. And yeah, so that is beautiful. Yeah. Is there another one being planned? There is. So right now we, the, um, the co-founders are resting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a little extra rest for ourselves. And um, there's another one that we're moving towards in 2024. Beautiful. Well, later we'll get to, you know, how people can find you if you want to, you know, keep up with that and support in any kind of ways for sure. Um, And I, I think when you talked about how, when you talked about how you wanted to be introduced, I think one of the most intriguing um, descriptors for me was pollinator. Yeah. When you call yourself and when you identify as a pollinator, what do you mean? Uh, Thank you for this question. (laughs) I love pollinators. I love pollinators. Hummingbirds are one of my guides. Um, Love me a hummingbird. And, you know, when I think of pollinators, what I've learned from hummingbirds and bees and butterflies and bats is that their act of taking, right, is also an act of giving. Mm -hmm. So in every, each time that they interact with a flower or a plant, right, they're, they're taking what they need from the plant, but they're also leaving a little pollen there that helps the plant to bloom, right? And that really connects to um, my coaching and my doula business. Um, the name is Impending Bloom. Mm-hmm. And so I see myself as a pollinator that helps people to find their bloom and to move towards their impending bloom. Um, and I'm getting what I need and I'm helping to give them a little bit of what they need. Um, I also think pollinator has a second meaning there in that um, I, this is always a part of myself, but I've realized through the program that I am a community connector. 
And so just like as the hummingbird is, you know, moving to different flowers, there's a there's connections being drawn between those flowers that didn't exist before. And so I find a lot of joy in being able to connect people and connect resources. And so that's a that's another way that I see myself as a pollinator. That is so beautiful. And the <laughs> fact that I didn't know that hummingbirds or bats were pollinators. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the the gift that keeps giving knowledge, like word. Okay. So um, fascinating. I really appreciated that because I'm like, I know I have my interpretation, which I feel was pretty aligned, but I definitely wanted you to be able to share that, um, what you meant by that. Because I, I believe that those of us who have come to understand who they are, the gifts they've been given, and are connecting with their divine audience in which they're supposed to do those gifts, I think we should talk about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I I honestly believe that there are a lot of people who would love to be able to do that, but it's not something that gets talked about a lot. Yeah. It's not something that gets talked about a lot where you don't then have to go buy a program. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, connect with your purpose. And again, I'm, I'm not even trying to knock. I'm just saying right. like, if more people could just talk about what it, what the process was like, what it feels like to be able to come into an awareness of, of who you are. And I think a lot of people would say they're on that journey, but to mm -hmm. deepen that awareness to go, what is my essence? Like what shows up in the room? When mm -hmm. I show up without effort, without intention, it is just part of who you are there. That, that thing right there was like, mm -hmm. wow. And my yeah. blessing, you know, what do people inherently get when I show up in my true essence mm -hmm. and then really figuring out in who am I designed to be in community with around this? That's it. Right. Because it. what I know about my gift is, is there's not a person on the planet that can't benefit from it my 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 client pool is endless right to <laughs> yeah so then I go but it ain't for everybody and it doesn't have to be because right. it's overwhelming when it's the whole world but then when you start to who are these people these communities that I'm intended to 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 really be in community with it's important not just because I'm supposed I have a savior complex that I go into these communities and, and bam there it is no it's important to know because those are the communities that are also going to fill me right that's that pollinated journey that I'm not just going to dispense and drop off but I'm also there to receive and if I'm in the wrong community, if I'm if I'm operating in my gift in the wrong community, then mm -hmm. which I have many times <laughs> been there feels extractive. Yeah. You know, I finish and I go, they're takers. Then I start making up the narrative about them. You know, they're extractors, they're takers. They, you know, well, the gift is meant to be taken. That's the other thing. Like Wow. The gift is meant to be taken. Don't be mm -hmm. mad at people for taking the gift when the gift was meant to be taken. But if you're in the wrong community, then there's not a place for you to take what you need because they don't have what you need. It's not a function that they're bad people. You're just in the wrong place. That's it. That felt like a whole word. It did. <laughs> <laughs> One I might have to come back to and be like, because ain't nothing that come out of my mouth for somebody exclusively that it don't, it ain't meant for me to. So, um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I love that. So Krista, is there anything I didn't ask anything we didn't talk about that you want to make sure we get a chance to chat about before we finish? Yeah. Um, you know, you were talking about the blessings, um, and I've gotten so much clarity around that and thinking about that through the program. And I'd love to talk about how I'm putting that into practice. Yes, please. <laughs> so I mentioned um, my business, Impending Bloom. Um, within that, I provide coaching services, facilitation services, and also uh, services as a doula. So one of the things I already knew that part of what I wanted to do was to help people answer the question, what does it mean to journey well? 
Um, I feel like journeying is a skill that we've kind of, we've throughout history and throughout colonialization, we've lost what it means to journey in a way that's in harmony and in tandem with the universe and with our plants and animals and fungi relatives, right? And so um, I'm really, I really love helping people learn how to journey and working through that tension of transformation, right? What does it mean to lean into that discomfort in order to find yourself on the other side reborn? Right. But one thing that came up when we were working through our blessing, when you talk about the divine audience, um, I asked spirit, you know, who is who are the people that I'm supposed to work with that would have the most impact? And to my surprise, spirit responded and said, um, parents and their children. Mm. And I was like, really? <laughs> You know, like I was really surprised by it, which is sometimes a sign that spirit is, that it is spirit and not you, right? To like, okay, this isn't something that I would have said for myself. <laughs> but um, as I sat with it, it has felt so right. Um, I've always wanted to be a doula. I used to read my mom's pregnancy books when I was like eight. Like I've always wanted to work with pregnant people and parents. And so with this part of Impending Bloom is working with parents um, and parents to be from preconception all the way through postpartum. Um, and, uh, you know, combining that coach and that caretaker and that doula to help them through the process of bringing new life into the world and wrestling with what that means for our collective. What does that mean for, with, with this new life that you're bringing forward, how does that contribute to our collective future and the way that we wanna show up different in the world? Uh-huh. Yes, <clears throat> that's all I got. I just got yes. <laughs> I appreciate you so much for sharing that. Um, I, I, I will set an intention for what I hope your sharing does, though I know it will likely do much more. One, I hope it empowers people to consider asking the question, who am I supposed to be in community with as it pertains to my gift, my essence, my purpose? It is an amazing question that I know will shift lives Mm. because when we are truly attuned to it, because let's be real, most of us grew up, no one ever, ever asking us any question remotely close to it. But from the time we can talk, they say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm -hmm. They don't want to know how you want to be compassionate curious no they want to know what are you going to do to make money so we are socialized towards identifying our skill sets our gifts our essences around what can make money or help people (laughs) but Mm. but no one helps us go further right so I Mm. hope I hope it sparks the question the other thing is I hope that it reminds all of us about the children. Mm. I hope that it sparks a memory for us to go, oh yeah, our kids matter. Oh yeah, I'm traveling this path towards enlightenment or whatever we want to call it. And and we travel forgetting that we have children, right? right? And we don't have to lead them towards our enlightenment. Right. That's what happens a lot. Then they got to pay a lot of money to go through a coaching program to be like, oh, that wasn't mine. Okay. <laughs> or they spend a lot of money on therapy and all that stuff, right? Um, but what we can do is really begin to let our children know that there is a path and it's theirs and we're there with them. Yeah. And we start exploring what brings them joy and what comes intuitively. For parents, I will attest the thing that drives you the most crazy is probably where the essence is hidden. Oof. And we spend so much time trying to extinguish the thing that brings us 
mm-hmm. nervousness or fear or frustration, sometimes because we don't understand it, sometimes because it's inconvenient. Can you mm-hmm. think of how unfortunate it is that so many of us had our lights blown out because it was inconvenient for our caregivers and parents? Simply inconvenient because it was mm-hmm. loud, because it was strong, because because it's our essence. And so many times those things slowly got extinguished because it's mm-hmm. not convenient to help someone hone in how to, to, to take in and what to do with that gift, especially if it's one that's different than our own. So I'm hoping what Krista shared reminds us, it's reminding me <laughs> that... Um, that I have to be very intentional about making sure that my children don't have to start a journey late because I was so focused on me that I didn't at least go, let's, let's walk your path for a little bit. I'm here just as an observer of support, but what is your path and, and not trying to control that so much. So, um, and I'm, like I said, I'm sure we'll do much more, but those (laughs) are two, two hopes and intentions I have for her sharing how, she is putting her blessing to work within communities in so many ways. And what I will say about Krista is um, regardless of what capacity she's engaging you, there is a felt awareness that something some things, someone, someones from far beyond this realm are mm-hmm. reaching through that interaction and giving you exactly what you need in that moment mm-hmm. through love. So that will be clear in whatever capacity you engage with her. And for that, I'm very appreciative to have you as part of my village. Oh, thanks, friend. You I'm so happy you're part of my village too. <laughs> So as we wrap up, mm-hmm. if people are intrigued about anything, they want to reach out to you, they have questions, or they want to support some of the work that you do in some way, how can people find and get in touch with you? Yeah, thank you. So if you're interested in um, my work that I do through Retreat and Reimagine, you can find us at retreatandreimagine.com. Um, we also are Retreat and Reimagine on Instagram. Uh, if you're interested in my work through Impending Bloom, you can find me at yourimpendingbloom.com. And um, if you're just interested in seeing me be silly, you can follow me on TikTok. <laughs> There's some, it's a mix of me being silly and me being insightful. <laughs> I love it. What's your TikTok? On um, TikTok is chrisstar.dust. So K H. R-Y-S-T-A-R dot D-U-S-T. Yes. On TikTok. <laughs> so let's close it out with you telling us about Stardust. Oh, Stardust. I mean, well, so I've always been attracted to stars. My name is Krista Robinson. So like first name, last initial is Chris Star. So that's, I've always been attracted to stars. But um I'm really fascinated by what makes us human and really fascinated by what makes us earthlings. And uh, one of my favorite things is recognizing the God in myself and in everything else. I, I am God, you are God. This plant sitting on my desk is God. The sky is God. You know, the stars are God. And so in saying that I am stardust, it's a recognition that I am God. Yeah. Thank you for sharing so much when I learned that the same I don't know if it's matter same thing that makes up the stars is in me right I was like say what now (laughs) (laughs) wait right right what do you mean and that connection once I once I heard that I always say learned it once I heard that it piqued a curiosity that went man my whole life has been, I feel like has been um, me being told how different I am from everything else. We are socialized around differences and 
stand out and be different, 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 different. And yet I realize that the same thing that makes up the stars make up me. Right. So we're really not different, which led to learning that race was a social construct that doesn't even actually exist. So it it is led. So I appreciate that Stardust mm-hmm. for yeah. that ending on that note of our connection and similarities. Mm. I appreciate you. you. So much. I know, right? I'm just yeah. like, ah, oh, let's breathe. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you so much for taking the time to just share your beautiful smile and love all over these waves. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Of course, of course. So, (laughs) of course, I want to give my shout out to Trey Angel, my nephew who does all my music, uh, to Jay Sugg of Instant Classic Media for all of his production. I want to thank you, my listeners, for tuning in. Um, We have crossed 57,000 downloads and streams, y'all. So, so much gratitude and appreciation there. Don't forget uh, that I have a Patreon. So if you want to continue to support the work, but also get Patreon exclusive content, head on over to Labors of Love Patreon. We're on all the social media outlets. Don't forget to give us that five-star rating and write us a review. Until we connect again, you all be well.